Before we jump into the episode, I have to tell you about the newly renovated Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove showroom in Scottsdale. They've partnered with over 16 local designers and cabinet companies, of which I know most of them. I can say that this really helps give the immersive experience for anybody wanting to visualize their future kitchen. It's a place to start, experience, and bring your vision to life. Product experts assist you throughout the entire project, view an array of options, and see them in full-size kitchen vignettes. Turn knobs, open drawers, ignite flames, determine the best fit for you. Chef-led demonstrations provide the opportunity to ask questions of the experts that use them every day. Schedule your appointment at subzero-wolf.com backslash Scottsdale, or you can call 480-921-0900. Part of our commitment to being a solutions provider means that we have to have solutions to problems. And we don't know what the problems are unless we're doing a really good job of listening, of listening to our audience and understanding what their pain points are. So that's a very concerted effort, and that's, that's, a, that's a critical part of the development effort as we think about how we want to engineer new solutions, is really listening to the struggles that homeowners are having, that builders have uh, throughout the build process, and that doing our best to engineer solutions uh, that can overcome those pain points. So welcome today to Construction Podcast. We have Casey Smith with us. Casey is the brand manager for LP Structural Solutions. So welcome, Casey. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. And, and you know, I've had Neil on, uh, your counterpart, and uh, he's been on the episode a couple of times. He's been out there with me in the field on some of our projects. And I always learn something when I have him on, same as you. And there's there's a reason that you're behind the brand, right? These brands that we work with and collaborate with and some of the amazing product you're putting out there. And I can only imagine the complexity in, in the R&D department, right? As you're thinking about how can we create products that are sustainable, that perform, they're resilient. You know, so maybe define, um, you know, when you think about product development resiliency, what does that even mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a great question. So, I mean, to us, really resiliency comes down to um, building products that result in structures that can withstand increasingly adverse environments. So that's really important right now. Um, unfortunately, we're seeing uh, an alarming increase in climate-related disasters. Um, the NOAA, National Oceanic Atmospheric Association, actually tracks this data. Um, since 1980 to 2021, there have been 308 different $1 billion plus climate disaster events. Um, and actually, last year was one of the deadliest years on record. So um, we're, we're seeing, unfortunately, that, that trend move upward as time goes on. So for us, product development resiliency is really about developing solutions that can withstand these increasingly uh, adverse threats. Um, and not just from a, a climate catastrophe standpoint, but even day-to-day -day climate challenges, um, developing products that can uh, withstand the challenges that come from being in the beating uh, areas of beating heat. So our textual radiant barrier sheathing can keep the attic up to 30 degrees cooler. Our NovaCore thermal insulated sheathing, um, that's a continuous insulation, uh, which can provide greater indoor comfort. So it's really all of these things. It's, it's, it's about combating um, these increasingly um, uh, scary climate threats, but also the day-to-day -day comfort for homeowners as well, and figuring out how we make solutions to address our customers' unique pain points. 
I love that you took that aspect too, because yeah, there's one thing with the climate, you know, catastrophic events that happen. I mean, we all know recently what happened for those that have been to Fort Myers and Southern Florida, you know, and, and Tampa and, you know, down to like Marco Island and stuff. And just uh, in Naples, like some of the, I mean, it's just catastrophic to the amount of damage. And as you mentioned, insurance and all the complications that go with that. But in addition to that, I mean, we just have real living examples. Like I live in Phoenix. And so I, what, building in Phoenix, like right now, it's amazing. We're late October. It's a beautiful time of year. We always, you know, this one, it gets crowded here. All our snowbirds, all our, you know, second time or, or second home clients are in town because we have great weather through, you know, essentially March, April, May, right? Depending on the year. But sure. the reality is, man, dead summer here in Phoenix, I and mean, we are talking July and August, and that sun is just beating down. And how destructive that sun, the heat, you know, where it can be upwards of 115 degrees. It's just hot. Like it's really hot in Phoenix. And so we have to be careful as builders, as we think about the building materials we're putting in, will this fail over time? You know, I think of some of the architectural designs that may have like a lot of raw wood on the outside and how that can Mm -hmm. be exposed to the elements. And then you think about wear and tear and maintenance for clients. And so I I would imagine that's really difficult for someone such as yourself, Casey, as you're working through design and think about, we're trying to design products that can sustain in Boston or Portland or Austin or Wisconsin and, and Phoenix. I mean, you're talking about totally different climate zones. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's part of um, what we're really, we're really proud of with our portfolio of resilient solutions. Um, our structural solutions products, really, they can be catered to the unique challenges that you face in your geography. And I think, um, Arizona's a great example. I mean, the, that that beating heat, um, you know, that's a that's a great environment to introduce a product like TechShield, our radiant barrier sheathing that can keep the attic up to thirty degrees cooler. Um, it blocks up to ninety seven percent of the radiant heat from ever admitting into your home. But you know, if you go up to the Pacific Northwest, their everyday threats are are probably more in the form of moisture. So. Um, heavy rainfall that's just a, a constant part of life um, and having solutions, you know, not just while you're, you're constructing the home um, as a builder and while the home is a little ex- more exposed to the elements, but after that home goes up, having solutions that can withstand those unique adverse conditions. And so we're really proud to say that, you know, no matter what the challenge from radiant heat to uh, wildfires to moisture issues to structural and strength products, we have solutions within our portfolio uh, that can help face those challenges. And again, as you said, um, you know, it's it, where, where we get the most interest from homeowners tends to be the day-to-day factors. So being able to be in their house in Arizona in the summertime um, and not have to have their air conditioning working as hard because their tech shield is keeping 97% of that radiant heat from ever entering in the house in the first place. So um, it, it's, it's that, it's the everyday threats, and then, of course, um, the, the disastrous ones as well. But we are proud to say that you know, we, we have a very diverse portfolio of solutions that can combat many of these challenges. So when you're thinking about you know, just the importance of continued education for a builder, because the tech shield is a great product. Now with that, you know, it's really important, you know, for the installer, it's one thing to know about a lot of the products that are out in the market from any vendor, but how does that, you know, the importance of understanding how it's installed, right? How, uh, you know, the proper method and techniques. So then that way, not just warranty, but that it's protected for the client. 
as you're thinking about that, you know, especially as people are doing a lot of spray foam insulation, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, how important is it to understand the application and how are you educating the public such as myself to say, okay, this is a great product. It's a great solution. However, keep in mind X, Y, and Z during install or when it's mixed with other products in the market. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I mean, that is, you know, getting the installation correct is really critical. Uh, you get one chance to do it. Um, after that's done, it, it becomes much more of an issue to go back and correct any incorrect installation after the fact. So it is critical to pay attention to those details. Um, the beauty of of many of our products is that despite the fact, and, and Textual included, despite the fact that they have enhanced performance features, uh, by and large, most of our products install the same way as regular sheathing, as regular subflooring. So, um, you know, I would I would say if you are savvy with uh, pretty standard installation practices, um, it should be real easy for you to to figure out the installation nuances for our structural solutions portfolio of solutions. Um, but we do have a variety of resources available. Um, you know, one of the, the things that we learned from COVID is that as QR codes um, exploded in popularity, that was a big opportunity for us to put QR codes on uh, a variety of our materials. So we have that. Um, we're actually working on getting those incorporated into our product covering and our packaging. Um, so installers will be able to just pull that up on the spot and kind of get installation guidance, installation tips and videos and so forth. Uh, but in the interim, uh, before that becomes available, we do have installation resources on our YouTube channels, on our social media channels, um, and of course on our website, lpcorp.com. Uh, we have a literature section, which has all sorts of great uh, guidance for installation tips and installation best practices as well. I love that you're doing the QR codes. It's funny because uh, uh, quite a few episodes ago, I had Evan Crow on and he he built in the South and he took the QR codes where he now, you know, from an interior design perspective and building perspective, he has QR codes throughout the house. So, you know, it, it, a lot of us use Build-A-Trend or other project management software where we have, you know, our cloud of selections and cabinet drawings and specifications. Um, and even though everyone has a smartphone, there's something to be said where you can just pull up your camera, pull the QR code instantly you have like the elevation, the design specs. And to your point, from a product manufacturer, you know, something why I wonder why more products don't do this because having the QR code now, if I'm going to install it, you know, think of it for many of us that have maybe tried to do um, anything at home, right? Maybe replacing a water heater or um, changing a garbage disposal. I mean, you're going on YouTube and fortunately we have access to that now to look at and say, okay, well, how do I do this? But Essentially, by having this through LP, now it's a quick access to the installer who's doing this in the field to have access to all the content to make sure it's done properly. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think, I mean, it's, it's our job to make things as easy as possible, um, you know, especially when we're asking customers to switch to a new solution that maybe they haven't used before. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's our responsibility is to, to make that process as seamless as we can make it. So, you know, to that point, um, we think of ourselves, we, we had a transformation over the last five years. We've, we've forever considered ourselves a, a building product company. And over the last five years, we've taken this transformation to move more towards being a building solutions company. In this particular example, though very small, this is just kind of one example to kind of highlight that. You know, it's not all about just the, the physical products that we offer. It's, it's about the services that we offer around them, the solutions that we provide around them as well. 
And so this is just, again, I mean, it's a, it's a small example, but this is one area where, you know, as we look towards what does it mean to be a solution provider, creating resources like this for our customers out in the field uh, to make using our products easier, to make getting information about our products easier. That's all part of that. I love these shared solution. I, I think that's very creative from a marketing side. It's the structural solutions, right? So it's not just here's a component, here's a product we're selling. It's actually solving something we're looking for as builders. And what I found, in fact, today before you know you and I are recording, I was meeting with the client, and um, clients are a lot more savvy. You know, I'm, a client comes in, they're like, "Hey, Brad, I've seen you know some of the the product you're putting out there. We're doing Mark La Liberté's house, you know, which is net zero, mm-hmm. um, the desert comfort experience." which is, you know, Pro Builders House of the Year. And I know as you're familiar with that project, Casey, we have a lot of LP product in that home. Uh, but the clients are seeing this and they're coming in saying, Brad, we want to do a house that's more sustainable. We want something that's better built. We want, you know, ICF blocks and SIPs trusses. And then of course the LP exterior. And they're seeing the market go this way. They're seeing maybe the increased population of Phoenix and they're saying like the grid you know, maintenance, we want to, you know, have a home that's more sustainable. And what I love is, you know, LPs made the shift from, you know, not just building solutions, like building products, but building solutions. And, you know, speak about that transformation, like when a company is like at the forefront of saying, okay, instead of just being a building product manufacturer, not just solving things, but let's look at like kind of moving the industry a certain direction. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple points there. I think uh, you hit on something that's really interesting. I think we're at a really cool time in which, um, you know, homeowners now are more educated about the potential risks that, that their home faces than ever. Um, they have access to more information than ever before. Um, and, and we're getting more and more questions from homeowner audiences about how our products work, what the benefits are, and so forth. Um, they have so much more uh, information at their fingertips, so they're much more savvy about the materials that they want put in their home. And I think kind of simultaneously fueling that is the fact that we are seeing um, this alarming increase in, in climate disasters in recent years. So um, it's it's fascinating to see. Um, it's exciting for us to see within the industry as well that there is um, kind of this growing interest at the homeowner level. Usually from my business, the, the structural solutions business, we typically uh, tend to kind of cater our messaging more towards the builder dealer audience. Uh, but we're seeing more and more of an opportunity to speak directly to homeowners um, as they are becoming more and more discerning. Um, so that's the first point there. And then you would yeah, ask Yeah, and I think maybe to, before you get to the second part, Casey, what's interesting about that too is the same client, to your point, and this is really what's helped you as a manufacturer be just at the forefront here is that you know the, these clients are telling me how 25 years ago they did an ICF house. And I'm just like, I'm looking at him like, how did you even do that? You know, this is pre-YouTube, you know, pre-all the, like you said, clients are super savvy. There's so much information out there. They're seeing it. They're consuming it. They're going to the build shows. They're, you know, they're, it, it's inundated with innovation yeah. and, and they're aware. And it's so much more accessible. And so many builders have not really made this push. And not even builders. I, I know a lot of designers and architects that have really not thought a lot about this. Even some of, some very well-known teams that like aren't, you know, they're, it's easy to be very, you know, we're busy. It's easy to be caught up in our like day-to-day methods, but it's really important that we're starting to look at, okay, well, where's the future going? Where's the future of building going? Where's the client consumer direction going? Yeah. And then codes are changing and government, you know, direction. And so we have to be aware of just all the different tools that are out there to make sure that we're implementing those. 
Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely a lot of different forces at play here. Um, but I think the end result is you have a, a savvier homeowner who is looking for more. Um, and, you know, I, I, there's a variety of different theories as to why that would be the case. But I think, um, you know, part of it is the, the green movement and sustainability. And more and more homeowners are having an understanding of what options are available for sustainable build. Um, and I think there's a growing sense of, of pride around homeowners who choose to build sustainable homes with sustainable products. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. But there, there's definitely a lot of factors at play. But it, it has kind of brought about this um, very exciting opportunity, I think, for manufacturers like LP, um, but also builders as well, to have more informed conversations with homeowners um, to to convince homeowners of the value of switching to you know more premium products, products that are enhanced against the various threats that they might face, products that are enhanced uh, from a sustainability standpoint, have better performance from a sustainability standpoint, and so forth. So what's interesting about that, and and you mentioned this too earlier in the conversations, you said that uh, you know a lot of clients, not just aware because of like social media and you know just other information technology that's at their fingertips, but they're also thinking about their health, their longevity. Uh, and we saw this in COVID, right? So many clients Absolutely. are thinking about air quality, water quality, the enclosure, you know, um, if, if we're locked down at home, I mean, just looking at everything, you're evaluating your entire life, unlike ever before seen, you know, if you look at the positive of COVID, well, it's, it's allowed us to really look at where we're at in life and our priorities and how can we better prepare ourselves in case something happens again right in the future. So how are you, you know, listening to your audience, which is builders, you have, you know, the, the normal public and the consumer as you're thinking about, um, you know, these innovative solutions and building science and the evolution of structural components, not just doing a widget, which some people are, but also sure. how you're problem solving, you know, by listening to, to the feedback. Sure. I, I think um, just diving into a very specific point you made there, and then I'll, I'll kind of back it up a little bit. But you talked about health, and I think, um, I mean, that's a, that's a critical component of it. I think you're right. COVID highlighted that a little bit. It, it, it created more attention around what it means to live a healthy life. And, you know, I, I think being able to offer solutions um, that can create a, a healthier life, whether that's our weather logic, uh, air and water barrier, for example, you know, if you compare that to other WRB systems, the, all of the seams are taped up for weather logic uh, WRB system. So there are fewer areas where um, air can kind of leak in and out of the structure, which means that if you're in an area that has more allergens or more air pollutants, uh, potentially, because of the fact that those seams are taped up, uh, potentially, that can create a situation where homeowners may have a better experience uh, breathing healthier air, less contaminated air, um, and just living a, a healthier life being inside their house. Another important point as far as health goes is, again, if we can provide fortified solutions that do a better job of standing up to various climate threats, uh, you, you know, heaven forbid a, a tornado or a hurricane uh, or, or intense winds come through uh, any given homeowner's area. But if they do, 
you know, the the idea that we may be able to better protect those homeowners with more fortified solutions, that speaks to health as well. Um, so that's that's speaking specifically to the health component of it. I think your question was more around just kind of generally speaking, how do we sort of monitor these trends um, that we're hearing about? And how do we translate those into solutions? Um, and the answer is, it's, it's really simple. Um, you know, part of our commitment to being a solutions provider means that we have to have solutions to problems. And we don't know what the problems are unless we're doing a really good job of listening, of listening to our audience and understanding what their pain points are. So that's a very concerted effort. And that's, that's, a, that's a critical part of the development effort as we think about how we want to engineer new solutions is really listening to the struggles that homeowners are having, that builders have uh, throughout the build process, and that doing our best to engineer solutions uh, that can overcome those pain points. You mentioned building science as well. Uh, building science is a critical part of the process. Um, I view building science more as kind of the ingredients as to how we get to the end result, uh, the end result being more resilient structures, more sustainable structures, uh, and structures that are better built. It's interesting, you know, to hear that definition of building science, but we, we've heard that term, at least I have a lot more in the industry. It's something I never heard, you know, 15 years ago, but now there's been this big push and, and there's a fine line, right? It, going back to the install and the QR codes, you know, to understand the install, but also, you know, how some of these products can save time. They can save budgets because you're having less overlap, you know, less less products, less um, buildup, if you can, like the waterproof barrier, right? That's included with like weather logic. But th there's still a fine balance from your side to have a product that is at the same time more of a, call it a premium product that solves an issue. It's dealing with these complicated climate zones, but it's also affordable. I mean, there, there's a fine line between, hey, we have this great product, but no one's going to buy it because it's too expensive to you know, produce something that, hey, this is going to speak to the masses. Absolutely. It, it, it is a fine line. And I think, um, you know, no doubt premium products tend to cost more um, than standard grade than commodity grade products. Um, when you look at just a raw material comparison, but I would argue that that's only really part of the story. The raw materials is just a, a component of the overall equation. And the other pieces to factor into it are, you know, from a builder standpoint, can it make the job site more efficient? Can it, it can it speed up installation time? Can it cut out labor and costs that's associated with labor? Um, you know, if, if you look at our flame block assembly, um, you know, if you were to compare buying flame block to buying a standard sheet of OSB, sure, there's more cost there. But when you look at the whole assembly, um, with a lot of flame block assemblies, you're actually able to cut out other raw materials that would be required as part of that assembly that you don't have to use if you use flame block. So in some cases, you're able to cut out labor. In some cases, you're able to cut out um, actual raw materials. Um, and then lastly, for the homeowner, uh, there's an energy component as well. So, um, you know, I'll use Textual, Novacore, and uh, WeatherLogic as examples here. But uh, with these specific products, all of them um, have some ability, uh, we believe, to defend against energy inefficiency. So the weather logic example I used before, the tapes with the seams being taped up, uh, that makes it much harder for conditioned air inside the house 
uh, to leak out to the outside of the house and not condi- non-conditioned air from the outside to leak in. So uh, that creates more energy efficiency um, and that can potentially lower energy bills. Same with Novacore. Uh, Novacore can reduce thermal bridging, um, which can, can make the uh, heating and cooling of your house more efficient. Um, Tech Shield, same thing, reducing 97% of the radiant heat from ever entering into your attic in the first place, keeping your attic up to 30 degrees cooler potentially. Um, that also has very strong potential to cut down on energy costs. So when you look at all of these things holistically, yes, uh, comparing premium products to standard products on a, on a raw cost by cost um, material comparison basis, it can cost more. But looking at the whole picture, a lot of times, you know, we think there's potential for the the cost increases to not be that substantial. And actually, in some cases, we think there's potential for it to actually be cheaper over the long run uh, when you factor in labor, um, whole uh, component or, or whole assembly uh, materials uh, and energy savings. Well, it's interesting along that topic when you're talking about just the energy advantages. Um you know, last week on the podcast, I had Al Trellis and, you know, a big thing, he's a construction consultant. He's been in the industry 51 years and just a tremendous wealth of knowledge. And a lot of it's, you know, leadership and company culture. But a point that he continued to make was he spoke about, you know, biases, not having, understanding your biases in the market and being able to look outside of that or get good feedback. And a lot of us builders may say, hey, at the end of the day, Casey, you know, my clients, like they don't care about the envelope. They care about like a pretty range or nice cabinetry. And there, there's no doubt that there may be, you know, with social media and some of the other visual things that people are seeing that I, I would imagine there's still some clientele that may be not fully understanding the demand or the necessity to have strong building envelopes and Definitely. building science and energy efficiency. But at the same time, you know, it's changing, right? You're seeing that. I'm seeing that, that the more information we could put out there about these products, about, um, you know, how important it is to think about um, like the wear and tear on the grid, for example, Phoenix and, and where the population has greatly increased and building homes that are more sustainable. You're going to start attracting those clients where you're getting away from your bias, which you think that the public may want. They maybe want something else. And it's really important to be educated and, you know, work with vendors such as LP to understand, hey, here's some products that can actually help increase sales. And maybe even, maybe even sales isn't your goal, but maybe you're attracting the right customer Absolutely. That you're hoping, you know, the ideal client. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great point. Um, and you're right. I, I think it can be a more challenging sell than convincing a homeowner to upgrade something that they'll see every day. Um, you know, you think about the structural components of the build. They get covered up and they don't ever see them again. So it's easy to kind of um, think, well, you know, I don't, I don't need to go premium on that aspect. It'll be covered by the time I move in. Um, but, you know, I think just because it's covered up, it's still a, an incredibly critical component. And you're right. We are seeing more of an understanding of this. I, I, I think the trend is moving in the right direction. Uh, but historically, I think it, it, it has its challenges to um, convince homeowners that that is the area where a little extra spend should be taken. Um, but, you know, it's, it's critical. I always, sometimes I make the analogy of, like a, a Ferrari or a luxury sports car. Um, they go down the road, everyone sees them, they look amazing, uh, they look really cool, they're aesthetically beautiful. 
But before that car can ever get on the road, there's a ton of internal working to make a really well-built engine, a really high-performing engine uh, that can power that car and that can move it around. In a, in a kind of similar way, I think about the structural components of a home like that. It's, yeah, you can you can drive up to the outside of a really beautiful house and admire how, um, you know, how nice and beautiful it looks. But um, it's important that the, that the, the inner workings of it, the bones of it are strong, are steady, that they're stable, that they can withstand a variety of challenges that, that come their way and so forth. So um, it, it's, it's, as you kind of alluded to, I think it's, there's become more and more of an understanding and I'm, I'm excited to see more and more of that understanding, but it is an absolutely critical component. And I think it's an important message for uh, builders to be pushing with their customers. So it's one thing with, and, and we touched on this a little bit with builders to push it and maybe some consumers, you know, how often are you involved, you know, in the design community between architects and tier designers? You know, there are definitely some nationally that are at the forefront and really into this movement. Um, you know, the education from the entire construction team per se, not just builder client, but also the other entities that are involved. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, the, the architectural community is a very, um, it's an important audience for us. Um, and we've, we, we target the architectural community uh, very intentionally with a lot of our messaging. Um, I think there are some products that have a particularly strong play within the architectural community. Um, flame block we find often gets specified by architects. Um, our weather logic air and water barrier um, we find is increasingly uh, getting specified by architects. So we think there's um, there's there is a strong play for our products in the architectural community. Um, they are very um, uh, uh, I would say a, a very intentional target, um, and I look forward to kind of seeing how. Um, you know, we, we grow with that specific audience uh, in the years to come. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their they're company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra-contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are of Build-A-Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we've brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with 
escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization. All of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. Now, along those lines, you know, it's I, not just the design community and implementation and specifications, uh, you know, that helps us as builders to, you know, implement and install. But, you know, I think of my job as a builder, it's just mitigating risk. I'm thinking of risk all the day from, you know, not just job site safety and OSHA, but, um, you know, safe and health of my team and mental fortitude. And then, you know, the clients and again, all these things that can come back, right? The more you build, the longer your tail gets, the more exposure. And I don't have to deal with this as much, although I do when you think about rain, you know, I'm not building in Oregon where it can rain a tremendous amount or Austin, there's humidity. Like legacy, when I think about putting just a standard OSB in, you know, on a subfloor, as opposed to maybe like a legacy product that's like a premium subfloor that's going to allow, you know, some exposure to moisture and you know, when you think about floor squeaking, I don't want to be called back for that. I mean, there's just so many aspects. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking to that there's an investment there, yes, in some of these products as opposed to maybe an off-the-shelf OSB. But the upside is just so much more great, especially in mitigating and controlling that risk that we have as builders. I, I would, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and that's, you know, that's something we hear very regularly from our builder audience is that um, risk is a is a in, in mitigating risk is a huge component to the job it's something that keeps them up at night and um you know it, m- making a little bit more of an investment up front can really pay off in the long run and you think about things like an exposed subfloor during the build process well it you know that that added peace of mind knowing that if it's going to rain and that subfloor might be exposed and that that legacy has a covered until it's covered warranty um you know i think that that goes a long way and um if if risk mitigation is what builders are after i think there's a lot to be said about taking the investment up front uh for more premium products they're going to work harder for you over the long run um that are going to uh, help fortify that structure better um, as you alluded to, you know, with callbacks, um, not just being on, on the job site and the build process, but with callbacks as well after homeowners are actually in the house. Yeah, there's no question. Not only we're looking to build something more sustainable, but no one wants callbacks, right? No one wants to deal with <laughs> a bunch of warranty issues or just things that can be, you know, fail over time that at the end of the day, we're on the hook for, for the health and safety of our clients. You know, walk through like Novacore for those who aren't familiar, uh, that have used a Novacore product that's comparable, you know, TechShield, something, you know, in the Net Zero house, we have TechShield, we have FlameBlock, we have WeatherLogic and Legacy. I mean, all those products. Mm-hmm. Walk through uh, Novacore and kind of the application or difference. 
Yeah, so NovaCore is the the newest product uh, in the structural solutions portfolio. We're we're really psyched to announce that we are officially live with it. We're selling it. We debuted it this year at the IBS show, the International Builder Show in Orlando, um, and just tremendous traction. Lots of uh, interest from our audience at the IBS show. Um, I'm very excited to uh, subsequently launch that um, a couple months later, uh, just this September. So um, we're hearing really favorable uh, feedback from our customers who have used NovaCore so far, uh, but it's a really cool product. If you think about um, essentially what it is, it combines uh, regular OSB um, with an inch of XPS foam. Um, and it, it combines them together to create a sheet of uh, or continuous insulation sheathing. Um, and that has really cool implications for, you know, the concept of thermal bridging. Um, having a continuous insulation where the studs might normally meet uh, the wall sheathing, having that being broken by continuous insulation um, has some really strong implications for energy efficiency um, and interior uh, climate comfort and so forth. So um, it's a it's a really great product from a homeowner perspective, can go a long way. Um, our building science manager, Neil Friedberg, uh, Brad, who you've had the, talk, the, the chance to talk to a couple of times, he always um, makes the reference to, you know, if you've ever been in a house and there are different rooms in the different house that might be different temperatures. You know, there's everyone's got the cold room in their house. Um, at least up north where I'm from in Wisconsin, where you walk into one particular room and it's it's a little bit colder than the other rooms, um, and you have to put a well. If I interrupt you, we can understand because in Arizona we have the hot room, so it's the reverse. Yeah. It'll be in the middle of the summer. You go upstairs, maybe a certain room over the garage where it's not insulated. One, you're like, wow, I can't get this cool at all. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, the the idea there is it can help um, disrupt some of that thermal bridging. Um, it can help provide continuous insulation um, without going too into the nitty gritty details here. It can also make it easier for builders in some cases to use two by four framing as opposed to two by six framing in some client climate zones that mandate two by six uh, with certain R values. Um, we can, be, because of the built-in R value with NovaCore, um, we're able to make it, make it easier essentially uh, to be able to use two by four studs. So going back to NovaCore, I mean, where are you seeing this applied mostly? I mean, for anyone listening, when you talk about the thermal breaks and thermal bridging, I mean, it's very common. Some people have heard the term SIPs, like structured, structured insulated panels, right? Where, you know, the truss system is thinking about like ice cream sandwich and essentially you're doing the same thing where you have the OSB, you know, the XPF foam, you know, mm -hmm. where are you seeing this specified and how, you know, percentage, maybe a guess, you know, commercial, residential, where are you seeing this product being driven? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, it's, it's so new. So, you know, well, time will tell. Um, I think, you know, probably of the builds that I'm aware of, most of them tend to be residential. Um, but that's not to say it doesn't have a very strong play in a commercial application. I think it, it absolutely could. Um, but that's just, again, only being live for a little over a month now. Um, that's, those are the applications that I'm aware of at this point. And then you, you speak to your background. I mean, when you talk about, you know, your role in LP, 
you know, day to day? How did you get into building science? You know, the passion behind to what you're doing now? Yeah. Uh, so I've been with LP for seven years now, held a variety of, of different roles. Um, I started with the company in a growth and innovation uh, team. Um, and the growth and innovation team uh, that I joined was essentially responsible for uh, new product development. So new product development and also figuring out new avenues for growth um, with existing products. So um, really, really enjoyed that experience a lot. Um, but around the time that we were preparing to launch our WeatherLogic product, um, we were in need of a product manager to kind of step up and, and take the reins on the WeatherLogic product. So um, I became the product manager for our WeatherLogic product, which is a, a function within our marketing department. Through that work, I uh, got exposed to the work that our brand management team was doing. Um, and our brand management team covers off on the whole structural solutions portfolio, uh, which is Flameblock, TechShield, WeatherLogic, Novacore, Legacy, and TopNotch 350. So um, I had an opportunity um, after working in the, the WeatherLogic role for oh, a little over two years um, to, to join the uh, brand marketing team in the uh, role of brand manager for structural solutions. So um, didn't have any experience in the building industry prior to uh, coming to work for LP. Uh, but it's, it's been a ton of fun. Uh, my background was hospitality. I worked, uh, uh, with Marriott hotels prior to going to grad school and then, uh, working for LP straight out of grad school, but I really enjoy it. There's, um, tons of great people, both within the company with, within the industry. Um, and, and my passion, what, what gets me excited about what we're doing, um, is, is the impact that we can make, um, on society. And I mean, I think about, um, you know, it, 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 there, there's a very noble purpose behind what we're trying to do. My role as a brand manager is essentially to try to get the word out about how, um, with our structural solutions portfolio, um, it, it's, it's a good idea to upgrade to more resilient solutions. And if, and if I'm effective with that messaging, um, and if we're, collectively effective with that messaging across LP, um, and we're doing our jobs right, that means that homeowners, uh, families, individuals um, could potentially be living safer and better protected lives because of the work that we're doing. So um, it's, a, it's a really cool thing. I'm uh, business background. So of course, I get excited to get up every day and be in a business environment and get to work in marketing and, and try to move the needle on, um, you know, helping proliferate our products. But beyond that, it's cool to have that uh, emotional connection uh, to that, that greater purpose. And that's all part of, uh, it, it feeds into LP's purpose, which is uh, to build a better world. Um, building a better world is, is the corporate purpose that we um, have established for ourselves and having a role where I so concretely see where what I do on a day-to-day -day basis ties into that um, and, and helps contribute to building a better world. It's a really cool thing. And I'm, I'm just having a ton of fun doing it. I love it. Well, I love that you started your career working for a really small company in Marriott. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least it, you know, sets the tone as, you know, coming into LP and then, you know, 
it's interesting to hear the business background. You know how, especially I would imagine at that time coming out of you know being business degree and you know of course at Marriott Hospitality then coming on LP, um, all of us have to start somewhere, right? And and what I mean by that is that I didn't. I look. I grew up in the industry. I did construction management in college. I came. You know, and was fortunate to work on some unique projects, but I never at the time didn't know much about net zero or passive house or sustainability sure. or any sure. of this stuff. And so you become more passionate you start to understand it. And then ideally, you know, network with like-minded individuals and like-minded clients. I mean, and so that may go to your passion. I mean, as even with the business background, as you've been involved in product development and, and seeing installation and seeing things change in the market move, I'd imagine that that is part of the driver of what inspires you today. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I love a good challenge and, and figuring things out from scratch. And, um, as you said, establishing the relationships, I think we're really lucky to work in a, in an industry with lots of really great people, um, who, who I find overwhelmingly to be very, uh, welcoming, warm people. Um, so it's, 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 it made it an easy transition for me. And, um, you know, I remember starting on the growth and innovation team at LP, um, not knowing much of, of anything about the industry and, and everything was just, <laughs> uh, you know, brand new concept, but you're right over time, you kind of figure it out and, you know, you lean on the help of, of the connections that you make in the industry. And, um, you know, it's easy to see why people, uh, get, get sucked into this industry and stay here for years. It's just a, it's a very gratifying place to be. Um, lots of great people and, and lots of interesting work to do. So you mentioned early on the challenges. What keeps you up at night? I mean, you think about it. It's a great industry, and it's fun to see. You know, I, I continue to change and be us be challenged. You know, what are those challenges you're dealing with, or things that you know keep you up? Besides me calling you saying, "Casey, we got this issue." No, I'm just kidding. I, haven't <laughs> called you, so. I, I think um, you know, in the past, my answer probably would have been more um the housing market um you know being in this industry we are subject to um the, some of the housing market volatility um I, I i i'm very happy to say that today that's no longer my answer um when i when i would have started at the the company that was absolutely the case um you know, we were building products company. We made a lot of commodity materials that just kind of moved with the market. But, you know, ever since we decided that we were going to set a stake around uh, being a solutions company, um, we've really transformed our offering. And we've really kind of been able to, you know, insulate ourselves from the ups and downs of the housing market a little bit more effectively uh, by having more premium products and by, by sort of being able to chart more of our own destiny with those offerings um, as opposed to just uh, offering commodity products and kind of being uh, at the mercy of the ups and downs of the housing market. So that's, um, that, that's extremely exciting to be living this now. I mean, it was an incredibly um, audacious dream at the time when it was established, but we stayed committed to it as a corporation. Um, and I, and I think it's, it's really paid off. Um, we are a, a technology solutions company, um, and you know I, I think more and more the market is starting to understand that and helping us drive that transformation. Um, so it's it's that's been really cool to see. Um, nowadays, it's more I would say 
the climate aspect. Um, you know, not uh, it's it's a fine line when I share messaging around what's going on because the last thing you want to do is sound alarmist and, and catastrophic, uh, but it is urgent and it is serious, um, and I, I think it it does require um, you know intervention. Uh, from uh, on builders' behalf, on homeowners' behalf, to choose better solutions uh, that are better able to stand up to those threats. So that's what I think about. And as you pointed out with um, you know Southern Florida uh, earlier in our conversation, you know that's just one of many examples that will pop up throughout the year of where these horribly catastrophic events happen. Um, and you know I I think about. Um, if you look at the trajectory and how it seems to be kind of picking up steam and, and we're seeing more and more of these events, um, what keeps me up at night is, is figuring out how we can uh, kind of more, um, more rapidly and more widespread help proliferate our solutions, which can better protect people from these threats. Yeah, I love that breakdown. I think, uh, you know, as you mentioned, as you're continuing to... Um, work through better ways to set you apart, right? And so what you mentioned is coming into construction, especially business, you're probably thinking there's ebbs and flows in the market. But as you have a premium brand or product, um, and I think there's a lot of application there for someone such as myself as a builder or a designer, an architect, that as you're thinking of, um, hey, there could be a recession, there could be a, a slow time in the market, but if you're you're setting yourself apart, whether it's through different aspects of the process or communication or brand, you know, it's that job security and you'll find that, especially if you're passionate about it, you believe in it and you're doing something that'll set you apart. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, that's what it all comes down to, to me is, is just maintaining that passion. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's really noble work. And as long as that's the case, I think personally, I'll always maintain a high level of excitement about what we're doing and the potential impact that we stand to make on the world and in our overall, um, in our overall goal of, of helping to build a better world. Um, so I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate and um, I feel very fortunate to be a part of a company that believes in that, believes in building a better world. Um, and that's helping to to push that mission forward. I love that, Casey. So, outside of like the main goals, especially what we spoke about today, and you know your passion in the industry, what do you do for fun? Oh man, I'm I'm incredibly fortunate to uh, now call Nashville home. Um, and Nashville's a great Nash- place. It's it's a it's a wonderful city. I, I've been very lucky to kind of move all over the U.S. and a little bit all over the world, actually, prior to settling down here. So um gotten to see a lot of places and, and I think it's my favorite place I've I've lived in so far. Um but I feel very fortunate. There's tons of uh outstanding live music and I'm a huge uh live music connoisseur so I never get tired of walking down to music establishments on a Tuesday night or a Saturday night or in the middle of a day on a Sunday um and listening to live music. We're very lucky to have such a high concentration of of musical talent in in such a small place um so that's that's always really fun um i'm a big outdoor enthusiast um i have a a personal trip coming up to uh patagonia um a couple of weeks here which uh counting down the days of i've been excited about it for (laughs) over a year now um 
So get, getting outdoor and doing as much outdoor activity as I can, hiking, biking, kayaking, um, a little bit of rock climbing here and there. Um, and, and just, uh, as I said, psyched to be able to take a, a whole week and, and go down to one of the most beautiful places in the world and, and do that coming up here in two weeks. Well, that's super exciting. I'm a little envious. I'm not going to lie. That's going to be an amazing trip to Patagonia. So yeah, congrats yeah I'm on excited that. for it. Have you been? I never have. I've, um, I've been down that way to like Mendoza and stuff, but I've never been as far south as uh, Patagonia. So you're okay, going to love it. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Well, well, will, uh, what's that? I, I will report back and I'll yeah. make sure to get lots of pictures. <laughs> you need to report back. So for those listening, where can they find you? Um, uh, just in terms of social presence or yeah, social or, presence. I mean, we we spoke about LP. We'll have the links there. But I mean, uh, if sure, any of them want sure. to connect, whether it be LinkedIn or sure, absolutely. Uh, yes, uh, please find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Casey Smith. Smith is with a Y. Um, Structural Solutions Brand Manager, LP Building Solutions. I uh, would love to connect over LinkedIn. Um, we can you can follow all of our activity on LP Pros on Instagram. Um, we also have our uh, LP Facebook channels. Um, and please, if, you, if you're in the industry um, and you're coming to IBS, I will be uh, at the booth this year. So please drop by and say hello if, if you're listening to this today and any of this resonates and you'd like to talk about it more. Um, would, would love to have a conversation. Well, Casey, you've been awesome. I appreciate you sharing your expertise and, and some of the products available for us. And uh, have fun in Patagonia. And if not before, we'll see you in Vegas. Sounds great. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come chat with you today. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.